0: Hello, mama so excited to be here with you today. I'm feeling cozy over here. I've been saying that a lot lately. It's because it's the winter. I have my heater. It's been especially cold and rainy these past couple days, which is just so lovely to me, especially when I don't have to be anywhere. My husband just got back from a trip the other day, and we just got to stay inside. It was pouring outside. Just got to have a slow day as a family, and I don't know about you, but I love those days, and I need those days in order to stay sane, Uh, because as much as I love, you know, when my son goes to school or my kids go off to be watched and I get time to be creative and, and work and do these things that I'm called to. I love that. But there. first of all, I, I love time with my kids too. But also there's just such a rush about the mornings and i love mornings where we have nowhere to be and we just get to chill and make pancakes if we want and just sit in our pajamas for longer than we should and it's just the best so i hope you're getting some of those those mornings in as well especially if if you have cold weather like we do over here right now so lovely well today we are going to talk about um uh, this this belief, this lie we buy into that we need to be perfect parents, we need to be a perfect mom. We're continuing our series on the lies that we believe in motherhood. And some of these lies come from our culture, some of them come from ourselves. Um, and we're just going to unpack this today. It's something I, I've talked talked on a, a decent amount, but it, I, I don't think we can talk about it enough. I know I personally struggle with this, uh, maybe more than others, because on the Enneagram, I'm a one, which can be called the perfectionist. And so the it's kind of a a natural propensity for me, but I believe in this day and age with social media, I think this is far more pervasive than it's ever been. And I think most of us in some ways struggle with this. And I want to talk today about how your kids actually need you to be imperfect, and we're going to go into what that looks like, why that is true, and I'm just excited to unpack it for you because I hope it'll just give you some freedom, just help you breathe a little, drop this... Oh, this pressure that you feel like you just have to live up to this unrealistic ideal. Because we know all of us in our minds that perfection is impossible. And yet I think so many of us deceive ourselves in that we are actually still trying to pursue it. And we know logically it's not attainable. And yet we live our lives or, or our minds live in this space where we're we're constantly feeling like we're falling short because we're not reaching it, and so we'll, we'll go into that more today. Before I dive in, I just want to remind you to jump into our Facebook group. I think one of the ways to combat this lie that we need to be perfect is just getting to know other moms and uh, having a community so that you can lean in and know that you are not the only one that experiences this. You are not the only one struggling in these areas, and it just kind of erodes this um, this lie we buy into that. Community can be found on social media that you see these perfect pictures and these perfect things happening and that's that's just not reality and so the more that you can dive into mom community and a good start for you can be in our Facebook group I hope you also have mom community in your church in your neighborhood these are essential relationships in person but also it can be found sometimes in online community so I hope you find that in our Facebook group you can go into Facebook and search for morning mama collective we would love to see you over there I also just love getting to hear your response to the questions when you join the group so that I can just better understand how to serve you and how to focus the episodes. So make sure you hop over there. I would love to see you. And without further ado, let's hop into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for, All right, mama, so today we are unpacking the reason that your kids need you to be imperfect. So we're debunking this lie that we need to be perfect parents. And I am just excited for this conversation because one, it's something I need. I'm encouraging myself as I share it with you and hopefully encourage you. And I just do, like I kind of shared earlier, it's just such a pervasive mindset in our culture right now. And, you know, like when we go on social media platforms like Instagram, even Pinterest, um, Facebook, wherever, wherever you go. I know there's cooler ones these days, like TikTok and all those things. I don't even know the new one. I, I'm. I barely can handle Instagram. Which, if you've come to my Instagram, you've seen that I don't do it well. But, anyways, wherever you go, you're gonna see so much of images that look so perfect, and and not just perfect, but a bombardment of ideas of how you can make your life better or how you can improve your kids' lives, how you can parent better, how you can do all these things better. And now, while I I sometimes talk about those things on the podcast and I help encourage you how to, you know, build up your parenting muscles and, and add things into your repertoire to help, you know, teach your kids about Jesus, we want those things But sometimes I think it can be overwhelming if we're consuming that too much, right? We go onto whatever social media is and we see all these ideas for these better foods that we can cook that are healthier and quicker. And, And those are good, like that can be helpful, but it can also make us feel less than because we're not doing that. Or we feel this pressure to improve every one of our meals, right? Or there's there's a limit, unlimited amount of crafts that we can do. And we feel this pressure to do all these different crafts with our kids. Or there's just these perfect looking kids and moms and families. And we're like, wow, I need to up my hair game with my kids. And (laughs) speaking of hair game, we do not have it over here. My daughter uh, barely gets her hair brushed. We do. We're not. We don't just let her go wild with crazy bed hair every day, but it's pretty close. My, my fall back is the top knot because it can look, it's like a messy bun, right? It's supposed to be messy. And- if you're, uh, looking for some perfect families to follow, ours is not one of those. Uh, I hope that some of you are with me in that. Uh, maybe someday when, when we'll see, but you know, when baby gets a little older, I hope to up my hair game again. Cause she used to look so cute in pigtails and I just haven't even had the capacity for that lately. So anyways, I digress, but you know, you see these perfect looking families with perfect matching outfits and, and also how do they keep them so clean? Like, that's what I wanna know. Is this just like a one-time shot that happens? Cause we cannot keep our clothes without stains on them. So if you got some stain removing tips, please let me know, probably part of the, problem is i just throw the heaps of laundry just directly into the washer without sorting through and like spraying the ones that need a little extra attention this is you're just seeing the behind the scenes today of what it looks like in our household just in case you were worried that we were perfect over here we are far from it so you know you go and you see these pictures right you see um you see ideas on how to parent and often these are super clashing, right? There's there's so many different perspectives on this. And, and there's these, uh, you know, we've, we've even talked about it on here, how there's this pervasive mindset and culture about how you should parent. And I believe the Bible has a, a very different approach to it. And sometimes those it can overlap and you can get some great tools from, you know, the things that are out in culture. But a lot of times they're, they're directly contradictory. Um, and so then it's like, you have to weed through those and try and think, okay, do, is this one of those that overlaps or is this one that is contradictory and, and can, you know, where, where am I at? What do I believe? And so you're sorting through all of that along with feeling like, oh my gosh, one more thing to add to something to think through while I'm parenting as if I don't have enough to think through. Right. And we live in a cultural norm of idolizing our kids, right? So And if you don't see that, like one question I thought of, like, as I was thinking of this, because I I do think we're in a culture that puts kids first, makes them like we need to pour all of ourselves into them. We need to put them first. We need to to make sure that they are most important. And you even just hear this in, you know, if you hear different parents talking on TV shows or whatever it is, and they say, oh, my, my kids are the most important thing to me. And while I believe they are definitely supposed to be important, like they are a priority in our life and is our responsibility to raise them well, this is far from the plan that God has. Like God needs to be number one, followed by our husbands, right? And that is so not most of the time what our culture says. And a little test for you if you uh, aren't sure what you think about this or if, if you fall into this or not Um least for me, this, this, this helped. I thought about, okay, do you feel worse when you yell at your husband or do you feel worse when you yell at your kids (laughs) or speak harshly? And not everyone struggles with their tongue. I've shared a lot in this podcast that I struggle with anger and taming my tongue. And so this is an area for me where this can show up, but this could be relevant for other, other things as well. But when I think about this, I totally feel worse when I yell at my kids or I'm harsh with them. (laughs) And, and I get it. Like kids are so innocent, right? And uh, although they're not innocent, they're, they're little sinful creatures just like we are. But we have this perception that we need to prioritize them. We need to be these perfect parents for them. And it's okay to speak harshly to our husbands because they're adults. However, really, God says we need to put our husbands before our kids. So if anyone's going to get treated better, it needs to be our husbands, And then hopefully we're going to trickle that down to our kids like we do. We do want to treat our kids well. But it just shows you how just in the smallest way, how we can so easily put our kids above things that are supposed to be above them, like our husband's. So, I look at this, and it, it makes sense why we are constantly struggling with this idea of perfection in parenting. And you know, I think that the other side does exist, and we're going to talk about that in a future episode. Um, just about how I think the other side is that uh, it can also just be so easy to buy into the mom culture of like, I'm a messy mom, I'm a mess, I'm not sleeping enough, I um, the house is far from perfect, right? And so we're gonna we're gonna unpack that as well because I think there's some lies in there. And so you might fall more on one side or the other, but I do think all of us have a little bit of both in us. And so today we're focusing on the perfect side. And so, you know, looking at all of these areas that that can we find on social media. These, these recipes, these pictures, these crafts, these ideas of parenting, all of these things, they can totally be good resources. They can help us up our game. They can help us improve and grow. And it can be so useful. And so I'm not saying throw out all of that, but I also think it can be too much and can lead us to feed into this lie that we need to be perfect or that we can somehow be perfect. Because we're seeing like the gifts of certain moms, right? So maybe one mom is so gifted at making her family just look beautiful and her home look beautiful. And that's a gift that she has. But I I guarantee you there's another area in her life as a mom that she struggles with. And that's not being shown in these images, right? And it's not even that she's trying to deceive us. She's sharing her gift with us that's her gift that's that's a strength of hers and it we can learn from it and we we love that But we we can't forget that that's a strength, that's a gift. It doesn't mean every area of her life looks like that. Or when we're seeing these recipes, that's someone's strength, that they're really good at coming up with creative recipes that kids like and are healthy and are easy to cook. But it doesn't mean that every area of their life is so simple and, and well done and healthy, right? That's just their gift. And so we look at these and assume it's just the full picture and it never ever is. And there's just so many of us that buy into that. Now, I want to talk to you for a minute, those of you that think that this might not be you. You're like, no, I buy way more into the messy mom culture. I'm all about like, yep, I'm just, you know, I'm just a mess, (laughs) whatever it is. But I want to ask you this question. There's a little test for all of you. So first, I want you to, right now, just take a minute and think about the things that you're struggling with right now. You can make a list on paper or in your phone. You can just kind of think through it. What are some of the things as a mom you're struggling with right now? Give yourself a minute. You can pause this episode if you need a second to think about it. Okay. Now, only after you've answered that question for a minute, the next question I have for you is, okay, now I want you to name the things you're doing well. Give yourself a minute with that, same amount of time, okay? Now, (laughs) I don't know if all of you are like me, but that was really challenging for me. And I, you know, when I came up with this question at first, I'm like, no, it'll be, it'll be so easy to come up with things I'm doing well. But then as I tried to answer it, like, first of all, the struggling, oh my gosh, I can name 15 in three seconds, (laughs) it's so easy, right? There's so many areas that's like, oh my gosh, laundry. Oh, the kitchen's a mess right now. Oh my goodness. I um, am not caught up on my to-do list. I, you know, it's so easy. We need groceries right now. There's so many things I can, I can tell you. I haven't feel like I haven't spent enough time with my kids lately. Just that, that play time I can name 15 more, but we're not here to talk about that. But when I came to doing well, I was like, surely I will come up with some things. Because there are points throughout my day where I'm like, wow, I am rocking this mom thing. Look at me go. I feel like a superhuman. I am amazing. Look at me. We got all of us out of the house. We packed a picnic lunch. We went on a walk. That was incredible. And I feel like superwoman. Now, the thing is, though, that I, I didn't really think about is that moment is just a moment most of the time. Most of the time I feel so great after I I have a big parenting win and I feel great. Maybe I just played with my kids. We just had an amazing soccer game silliness out in the backyard and I feel awesome about it. But by the end of the day, if I try and answer this question, man, what am I doing well? Gosh, I feel like I fell short in every area. Doing well. I don't know that there's anything I'm doing well at. There's always more I can be doing, right? Even if I played with my kids today, gosh, did I play enough? Did I focus on each of them individually enough? Gosh, did we spend enough time? Did I, did I give them enough of my energy, right? Oh, I lost my temper at bedtime. And so now I feel like I erased all the good that I did, right? There's just so many layers of things things that get in the way of being able just to feel like I did something well as a mom. And this is something I want to unpack for you guys more in some future episodes about believing like that we're just failures and ending every day feeling like a failure and i know so many of you experience the same thing because that's often when you when you come into the facebook group and i ask you your number one struggle that's so often what it is you feel like you're failing all the time or at the end of every day you feel like you failed and that is not okay that is not what god intends we should not live under that belief because gosh is that stealing so much of our joy it's spending so much of our mental capacity worrying about that and feeling guilty about that when it doesn't need to be true. There's always going to be ways that we can grow and improve and we want to grow and improve, but that doesn't mean we need to feel like we're failing as we're waiting for that growth to come. So I hope you were different than me when you answered those. I hope you were able to come up with things you're doing well If you were though, I want you to think like at the end of the day, when your kids are tucked in bed and you're sitting on the couch upstairs, would you still add that to the list? Would you still feel confident about the things you added to that category? Because maybe you just had a killer mom moment. You're on that high, that superhuman mom high. You're like, yes, I'm killing it. Look at me go. Moms are the strongest, right? (laughs) But once you're done riding that wave, where do you land? Where do you end up at the end of the day? And so. I wanted to unpack today five different ways that you need to remember these are reasons that your kids actually need you to be imperfect. Because remember, perfection is not attainable. We know this logically. We do. But if we could actually embrace being perfect, maybe that will help us get away from this drive to be perfect because... (laughs) it's like this backwards way of thinking. If you really want to be the perfect mom, you actually have to be imperfect. (laughs) Really, I'm going to share why. If you want to be the perfect mom, you're going to have to be imperfect. Any kind of perfect mom, quote unquote, if it were possible, is actually an imperfect mom because she is not doing these five things for her kids. You ready? I hope you're excited. I hope this just completely challenges your drive for perfectionism. Okay. Okay. You excited? Looking at my list, it's actually four things I was looking at the wrong list before. Maybe I'll come up with a fifth by the time we're done with this. But here are the four reasons your kids need you to be imperfect. First of all, you model the need for Jesus. Now, I could not think of something more important that we want to teach our kids than to help them understand that they have a need for a Savior. That they, in and of themselves, can never measure up. That they are not good enough. They cannot do enough good things. They cannot be perfect enough. They cannot listen well enough. They cannot work hard enough. They will never amount to enough without Jesus and I think this is the number one thing in our world today that gets in the way of people finding Jesus is that they don't feel like they have a need for a savior they think well I'm I'm a good enough person I do good things I'm not so bad I don't kill people hey, I, I, I I give to charity I'm I'm really nice you know I care I am I am driven and helping people change the world, right? I care about social justice issues. I am doing everything I can to make sure the marginalized are seen and that they have equal rights, right? Doesn't that sound like our world? And so people fall so easily into that belief that they are good enough and that they don't need a savior, that that we can all just be good enough. There's not, right, especially in our world where we're slowly eroding black and white, right? Everything's kind of becoming gray in, in our culture. Even gender, even religion, so many things are becoming gray. And so people have a harder and harder time seeing that they have sin in themselves. And I I know the devil loves this. I know that the enemy is all about this. He's like, yes, look at you. You think you're good enough because you got these things going for you. You're, you're, you're just good enough. You're, you're checking off some boxes. You're, you know, you're helping the, the needy. You're not killing people. And if our, if our culture is screaming this at our children and at us, would we not want to do everything in our power to help them understand that they have a need for a savior? And the biggest way that our kids learn is by watching us. Yes, the things we say to them matter. Yes, we need to teach them. Yes, we, we need to teach them about the Bible and about Jesus and and about how to have manners and all of these things. And I, I, I believe we need to use our words to do those things. However, if we aren't living those values, if we aren't living that way, it's going to be really hard for them to learn that. They're much more likely to follow what we are doing rather than what we say if they don't line up. So if we want them to know that they know, that they know, that they know, that they they have a need for a savior, we need to model that. We need to be imperfect. We need to show them that we are imperfect and we need to show them how to come back to Jesus. And we're going to talk about a little bit more of that in a minute. But we need to show them that we have a need for a savior. Because if they think that they can somehow try and be as good as us, right, like you know, a lot of times, I know there's kids that kind of go the opposite direction. They want to be nothing like their parents, but a lot of kids are striving to be like their parents or, or be good enough, good, good as their parents. And so if we are just showing them that we are just perfect and we're trying to portray this image to them, that is that is horrible. We we don't like they're going to then feel like they have to live up to that. And they're going to even maybe feel like it's possible to live up to that. And therefore, they're not going to realize their need for a savior. Okay, so that's number one. I think that's enough. We can just stop right there. Like, that's enough. But there's more. There's more good stuff. Okay, number two. We also, in your imperfections, you are modeling humility and how to repent, how to apologize. So this is kind of like going along with the last one, but we get to show them the path out. We get to show them what a humble spirit looks like where we can admit our faults and mistakes. We can talk about it openly because we're not trying to be perfect. We're not we've given up on that because we know we aren't (laughs) only jesus is and so as we we carry these humble spirits we then are showing them what repentance looks like we we show them how to pray and repent and say god please forgive me for this i messed up here god i need your forgiveness and we show them how to turn around from there and and instead of continuing in this angry rant we stop and we turn around we we say we're sorry to God. We say we're sorry to them. And we, we redirect the whole day. And so when we get to show them this, show them how to apologize, gosh, I can't imagine what it feels like for a kid to see their parents apologize for things. Ooh, how freeing. I, and I, I see that in my son. Every time I, oh, you know, I'm having a bad day. I'm tired. And I, I just can... You know, it's more than sometimes just a moment of anger. It's kind of like a a series of events where I'm just a little short with him. I'm a little critical. I'm a little harsh and it just keeps going. And I know I kind of see it in myself, but I don't want to admit it because I'm in a bad mood. I'm just not going to admit it. And I just kind of let it go and I go and I go and it kind of adds up. And then I just hit a point and I'm like, maybe maybe an explosion brings me to this point or maybe I just realize I need to repent. And so I stop and I take a deep breath and I talk to God. I say, God, please forgive me. And I tell my son, buddy, I, I have not been talking kindly to you or lovingly to you this morning. Will you please forgive me? Oh my gosh, I can see his whole demeanor shift. Oh, he just softens. He he feels connected to me. I can just, I can feel it. I can see it. He feels close to me. And in that moment, everything changes. And, and he loves saying, mom, I forgive you. 'Cause I've been teaching him that. That's something I learned from one of my mentors is don't don't say it's okay. You say I forgive you because it's not okay, right? It's sin, but we can we need to forgive each other. And so he says, Mom, I forgive you. And it's this beautiful moment of coming back together and I want him to know that inside and out. I want, I want him to to see that that's a part of everyday life. Like we're not probably going to get through a day without that. It's not always a series of events like that. But what I mean is there's going to be moments of sin in each of our days, whether they're, they're long moments or quick moments, like we need to be constantly turning to God in repentance. And so I want my son just all my kids, my son's the oldest, so we have the most of these conversations. I want him to see what rhythms of this look like. I want him to know that it's normal, know that it's healthy and, and just get used to it, right? Like he sees this, he just knows this is part of what it looks like. I mean, what does it feel like when your husband apologizes to you? Wow. It's it's so powerful. I know it, it means the world to me when he takes ownership for something. And, and that's the thing is we We can't take ownership for things if we're under this this lie that we need to be perfect. Because then it means that we've failed. It means that we have fallen short. But if we let go of this idea of perfection, we know that it's not possible. And so we can let go of this pressure and we can take ownership of the things we need to take ownership for. And gosh, if I'm going to raise a man to go into this world, I want him to be able to take ownership for his actions and apologize men and women. I want my kids to have this. So that is another reason your kids need you to be imperfect. Okay. Third one I have, it goes right along with it as well, but it's you need to help them know that it is okay to mess up that they've got to know that's okay. Because so many of us, kind of like what we were just talking about, we feel like we need to be perfect. And then we, when we fail at perfection, which will always happen, we feel like it's wrong. We feel like we are wrong. We go into shame spirals and believe there's something wrong with us, which <laughs> it kind of is, right? Like we're broken humans, but, but we don't see it that clearly. Like we are... We feel like everyone else is not broken and we are broken when in reality, we're all in this together. And so we've got to teach our kids. It's okay to mess up. If they don't believe it's, it's okay to mess up. They're not going to try. They're not going to try in relationships. They're not going to try at hard things. They're not going to try and even apologize and turn around, right? Because they're too scared to make any kind of steps. They're too scared to, to admit that they need to apologize. So for any kind of risk situation, they need, or just living, right? Just living. They need to know it's okay to mess up and they need to see what to do with that. How do I walk that out? When I mess up, what do I do? And they need to watch you model that for them. Okay, the last area that I have, the reason that your kids need to see you be imperfect is actually sometimes like our definition of what a perfect mom is, is actually not good for our kids. So an example of this is I think I... In my head, I know that it's good for them to play independently and to learn how to do that. But I also constantly feel this pressure to just give them all of my attention all the time, play with them all the time. Now, that's not reality. I don't ever do that because it's just not possible, but I have this pressure, this this voice in the back of my head that says you're not giving enough to them. You, you, you shouldn't be doing the dishes right now. You need to go play with them. You shouldn't do the laundry right now. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have quiet time because if you get the laundry and the dishes done now, then you'll have more time to focus on them when they're awakened and that you need to pay every uh, second of attention to them in their waking hours. But I also know that's not good for them. They, they need to learn to be independent. They need to learn how to play by themselves, play with each other. They need to know they're not the center of the world. Can we say that again? Because I think some parents are missing this. They need to know they are not the center of the world. Yes, we want them to know they are special. They are created so good by God. And they have unique gifts that they are meant to change the world with but they are not the center of the world and when we lead them to believe this we are doing a disservice to them on so many levels right you can't you can't go through life believing that or no one's going to want to be your friend <laughs> but also like that, that doesn't go well for what that looks like with God, right? Because if, if you put yourself on the throne, there's no room for God up there. And so there's so many layers that we do not want them to believe this as as much as we want them to be special, but we need them to know there's a whole life going on. Got to cook. We got to clean. We got to, we got to work. It's okay to work. Okay. And so when we do these things, that it feels like to be the perfect mom, we will give them all of our attention all of the time. We're actually setting them up for failure. And along with that, they need to see us cooking and cleaning. They need to know that that's part of life. They're going to have to do that someday. And so we want actually to paint a different picture for them. And so I know there's, there's more areas of this in these, these inaccurate beliefs of what it looks like to be a perfect parent. And those things are actually not good for our kids. Okay, so those are the four ways. So here is what I want you to do with this. Yes, change your mindset. I hope those change your mindset. But, you know, when we started with those questions of what are you doing well at? What are you struggling with? And and, I know for me, it was hard to answer what I'm doing well with. You know, I am trying to remove this idea of perfection and thinking that it's possible. And and in order to have a successful day, I need to be the perfect parent in in every situation. And so that's why I'm ending every day feeling like a failure because it's not possible. So I was listening to the Fuel Fuel Her Awesome podcast, which you've heard me talk about lately. It's so great if you just want to know more about how to live, uh, have a healthy relationship with food. And she was talking about how we kind of need to remove this idea of perfection and and kind of a different way of black and white thinking than I'm talking about before. Um, a bad way of black and white thinking where we feel like we have to do it perfectly in order to be successful. And she said something that just struck me. And she said, we need to look for different outcomes because if perfection cannot be how we measure, we need to look for different outcomes. And so that's something that I have taken on and I've been doing, and it is so helpful so that I don't end my day every day feeling like a failure. And what this looks like is I write a bunch of categories on my phone, different areas, um, parenting, or I can even break that down into each of my kids. I write my marriage. I write my house. I write, uh, taking care of myself. I write my relationship with God. I write, um, how I ate like these categories. And then at the end of the day, I go through and I add in one thing to each category. You can have a couple if if you're like on a roll and you're like, wow, I did a lot, but just at least one thing, one thing you did in each of those categories that you did well, or that you contributed, that you did towards it, right? So if I played with my kid for 20 minutes, I add that, that is my win in that category. If I, if I read them the Bible that day and we had a great discussion on it, that is my win that day in that category, right? And you go into each category and you just name one thing, and you do this every day. And I usually at the end, I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, I kind of missed this category. I actually like didn't really spend any intentional time with my husband today. Whoa, I need to focus on that tomorrow. There's no shame in it though. I'm just like, oh, I'm noticing this, this category is empty today. And maybe there was a reason for it. And so then it's like, okay, so I'll just keep an eye on it and make sure the next couple of days I make sure I have one in that category. Cause you know, he was gone all day or whatever it is. And so you do this. And oh my goodness, it is so helpful just to help you start seeing that you are winning. You are doing amazing things in each of the categories and you're not giving yourself credit for it. And it can help you grow too and and find these areas that you maybe need to pour a little more into and pay more attention to. And I know for me, this has really helped remove this idea of perfection, even with like eating. Like before I feel like I'd to have a good day with eating. I had to have a perfect day where I didn't have any, you know, sugar. I didn't have any processed foods. I didn't have any bad meals. Right. But no, like, okay. So I had some dessert. That's okay. But look, I also had a salad for lunch and I feel so great about that. And then we had pasta for dinner, but look, I had that salad for lunch. That's a win or i I was I ate a couple cookies and I wanted more, but you then I realized actually i'm I'm just hungry right now, and so instead of eating four more cookies, I'm gonna eat a, a power bar right so we need to look for different outcomes, so I want you to do this. I want you to start every day. Get out a note on your phone, or maybe in a journal if you want to do it handwritten, and and just just make it so short. It can be literally take you five minutes at the end of each day, and start looking for some different outcomes. All right, Mama, I hope this encouraged you. I hope it can help you just see that there's no need to try and be perfect. We can completely eliminate that goal from our minds. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you that you are perfect so we don't have to be. God, I thank you for sending your son to save us and wash us clean so that we can stop striving. We can just sit in this Space where we get to receive your grace and your love. And God, I just pray everyone that's listening would would know better how to step into that, would know better how to remove this lie that perfection is possible or that it even should be the goal. And God, I just pray for freedom for everyone listening that we could start seeing different outcomes. You would give us eyes to see that and and just help encourage our hearts to know that we are killing it. We are doing great at this mom thing. Thank you, God, that you've given us these gifts, God, and that we can just trust you for all redemption, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more Mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more Mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.